In the distant future, in the year 2122, the crew of the mining vessel Nostromo is awoken early from cryostasis due to an intercepted signal they are obligated to investigate. They find a colossal crashed alien ship, the fossilized corpse of its pilot, and a bunch of strange eggs. A creature emerges from one of these eggs and latches onto a crew member, starting a chain of events that spawned one of the most beloved horror franchises in film history and effectively started the career of Oscar-nominated filmmaker Ridley Scott in the 1979 horror classic Alien. I'm Connor Izagari. I'm Colton Jenkins. And this is Filmgasm. Welcome to the Filmgasm Podcast in honor of April 26th, or Alien Day, as fans like to call it. We're revisiting one of the greatest horror films in history, Alien. The reason for Alien Day, if you're not hip to that, is that the planet that the Nostromo lands on and finds the xenomorph is called LV-426. So, 426, 426, April 26th, Alien Day. There, there it is. (laughs) Yeah, you get it. Uh, So, I'm curious, what is your history with Alien? Uh, So, I believe I watched Alien versus Predator first, and I liked the character of alien a lot more than i liked predator so i actually watched alien first and then i watched predator um but i don't think i finished it the first time i watched it um i had a i had a friend actually show me alien the first time and i got the hype pretty much immediately actually no that's not true i i watched alien versus predator then watched part of alien then i watched predator and then i played alien isolation loved that so much and then i watched alien with a friend Damn. Understood. Yeah. That's a hell of a complex journey to to Alien. I guess so. I went, I went, I jumped all over the place (laughs) time-wise. I think I, I I found Alien very early on. I, um, I went to the movies to see Alien versus Predator in 2004 with my mom and dad. And I didn't know what the hell was going on because I had not seen Alien or Predator, but, you know, they wanted to see it and I guess they couldn't get a babysitter. So I went and saw it, too. Uh, I thought it was neat. I was like, oh, this is cool. And I was very much on Team Predator. Uh, And I still am. (laughs) Predator has more. That franchise has more great movies, has a much cooler, badass character, and they're still making those. (laughs) Oh, okay. Yeah, I will. Predator has better movies like Prey just came out. Oh my god, that was wonderful. Yeah. But I like the care I like the Xenomorph more than the Predator, I think. Well, I think they're, they're both great. Movie. They're both great movies. Yeah. yeah. Um so from there, I wanted to know, you know, who are these guys? So I think I like my grandparents picked up Predator at Costco, I think. I remember that they showed up with a DVD is like, "Hey, Predator." And I watched it and I was like, "Oh my god, this is awesome." <laughs> this is so cool the terminators fighting an alien hunter this is great and uh i watched alien with my dad so i knew about the the scene you know the chest burster i knew about that because i watched mm-hmm. bravo's 100 scariest movie moments and i got the scariest parts of 100 movies spoiled for <laughs> me at like eight years old 
was the blue monkey part of that? No, I got I got the I got that one for myself. That was okay. I cool. Got to keep that one. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, looking back, like I I love that show, but I also wish I hadn't watched it because there's so many great horror movies that now I was just kind of waiting for the moment. Yeah. Aliens, one of those. You know, when it happened, I was like, oh, neat. And then gotcha. just kind of watched the movie. There was no like. There was no like repulsion. You can only imagine what people in 1979 were thinking when they yeah. saw that scene. Oh, we'll get. To I think that. I heard. I think I saw somewhere that that scene nobody knew about it. Like it was in no one else's script except yeah. um, John Hurt. Mm-hmm. I've, yeah, I've got all of that laid out in detail later because it's so fucking crazy that they would even try to do that. You can never get away <laughs> with it now. No. I love the guerrilla filmmaking people were doing in like the 60s and 70s. And they were just like, fuck it. Let's, you know, let's traumatize people. Why not? (laughs) Is there any movies made today that are still like guerrilla? I think it happens sometimes in the horror genre because, you know, budgets are cheap. People are a little demented. So they're just trying shit. I do think it happens there. But like Spielberg's not, you know, putting in a you know, a, a fucking monster in somebody's chest and telling everybody like, oh, it's just going to be a dinner scene. Don't worry. <laughs> you got nothing to, you just, you know, chew the food and remember your lines. You'll be fine. John, you, I, got- uh, I, don't, I don't know. If, I, I guess it's guerrilla filmmaking, but have you heard of uh, Escape from Tomorrowland? Oh, yeah. I really want to see that. I do too, but I heard it's terrible. Probably. I mean, it's filmed on a handheld in Disney World and like, that's it. <laughs> yeah. And like they didn't want to release it because they were worried that Disney would like say something. And they have not said anything about it. Which is weird because usually they are very quick to sue. That's like their default setting. Yeah, but that's how bad the movie is. <laughs> Even Disney was like, uh like I think like in an interview with uh, someone, they were like, Oh, have you heard of this movie that was filmed in your theme park without your permission? And the guy was like, No, what are you talking about? <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Well, I gotta, I gotta see that Escape from Tomorrow. I love the balls to just be like, I'm gonna sneak this camera into Disney World and make a horror yeah. movie. Yeah, that's so cool. Uh, so Alien, you know, it's considered one of the greatest horror films of all time. It's in all the top ten lists. It changed the game. It's freaky. It still holds up. So I have one question for you, and it's okay. the age-old question: Alien or Aliens? Um, so, uh, I think I have to go with Alien, because I feel like Aliens is in a different genre than Alien. I think Alien is in a, like, sci-fi horror thriller, and Aliens is, like, thriller action movie. And I'm not a fan of, like, those types of action movies, like, I guess, or, like, early, you know, like, 90s early 2000s action movies i don't like them so alien all day interesting yeah i'm aliens really i love alien but aliens is lightning in a bottle that movie is so fucking perfect it's i love the idea of ripley going back for some fucking revenge like she doesn't she doesn't go back for revenge she goes back because everyone is like yeah we're gonna go she's like no don't go back. You all are dumb. She doesn't go back for revenge, but when she's there, you know, she might as well partake. As yeah, partake. that's fair. And I, I, I do like the ending of Aliens more than Alien, I think. Um, what, you know, that when she gets in that suit. 
and starts fighting the the mother or whatever the queen that, that's I love cool. that i love the cast i think i love the face hugger sequence that you know holds up i think really well i love that you've got a sleazy businessman trying to profit off this whole thing there's a fuck ton of aliens there's a kid involved like there's so much going on in the, in the second one that i think just yeah. briefly like ever so slightly eclipses the first one but it really is you know depending on the day depending on you know how i'm feeling i think they're both fantastic the only i guess the, w- the reason i don't like it as much is because like in alien it's so claustrophobic and you have these people who like the xenomorph is supposed to be the perfect specimen you know and it's, it's only one of them and it's like almost unkillable. And then in the second movie, they kind of they kill a lot of xenomorphs in that movie, which kind of <laughs> lessens the, the well impact. Well, it's been like 150 years. It's been colonized. We have better weapons now. The 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 Wayland Utani Corp knows about this thing. They're prepared to, to take these things out. So yeah, I guess. I, guess. But I don't know. I mean, 2004. You know. AVP, we they were killing them with fucking you know ice picks and shit. <laughs> I didn't say I liked AVP. <laughs> I said I saw it first. <laughs> I did. We'll get to. We're going to talk about the, the the weird continuity of this franchise towards the end. Okay, but cool. I, I do have a soft spot for the first AVP. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, you know, it's a good movie to put on. Yeah. Second one, that was horseshit. I'm giving that like three, four tries. I'm, I'm done with AVPR. I have not seen the second one. Oh my god, I can't. All right, well, I'm gonna bitch quite a lot towards the end here. Um, but first, how did Alien happen? So, Alien was the second film by Ridley Scott after his debut film in '77 called The Duelists, which is not great. I watched it. It's got some occult vibe about it. People like it, but it's basically just two arrogant assholes who keep trying to kill each other and refusing to admit who slighted the other. Just that's it for like two hours, and they're both they're both dicks. There's no hero. Is it a Western? No, it's like French Revolution. So it's it's Banshees of Inisherin and Light. Well, they're they already hate each other, but then one of them like does something to insult the other and chat and then he challenges the guy to a duel. Nobody wins. So they say, like, well, we'll do another duel at some point. And the next time they meet up, they have another <laughs> duel, and nobody wins that time either. So they just keep doing duels like every 10 years or so they run afoul of one another and they're like oh that motherfucker and starts it all up again and then at the end they're just like why don't we just stop <laughs> why are that, we even doing this like they forgot yeah that's what happens in Banshees of Inisherin in my head <laughs> canon that's a sequel <laughs> <laughs> if they could both fight that would be yeah um <laughs> That was Ridley's first movie. Thankfully, you know, Alien is his real first movie for most part. Uh, That was the film that kind of started his career. Some of his later work includes Blade Runner, Legend, Thelma and Louise, Gladiator, Hannibal, Black Hawk Down, Matchstick Men, American Gangster, The Martian, and most recently House of Gucci and The Last Duel. Oh, shit. He did make The Martian, didn't he? Yeah. He's had that movie is so good. Scott has had some neat ass movies. I heard that you don't like Blade Runner. I don't. I I very much do not like Blade Runner. Why don't you like Blade Runner? I don't know. I know it's me. I've I've watched the first movie like four times, and I just find it boring and hard to follow, and I just don't care. I have no investment. I don't. I watched the Blade Runner twenty forty nine. I felt exactly the same way. What? Yeah, I don't like them. I don't like that world. I don't like that story. I just don't. I don't. 
I, I tend to feel that way towards a lot of Philip K. Dick movies. I just, I don't like his style. I don't like his, like, oh. what, what he's, I didn't like Total Recall either. I didn't like Total Recall, no. I liked Minority Report, so I don't know. I didn't yeah. see that. I can't, yeah, Blade Runner, I'm, I'm done with Blade Runner. <laughs> Interesting. I, I would have thought you, you would have liked Blade Runner. Yeah. So has everybody I've ever known. <laughs> Damn. Everyone's always super shocked that I don't like Blade Runner. Bro, I want to live in that city. I, I want to eat at that noodle cart. How do you not? Okay. <laughs> I'm just a fan of, of cyberpunk aesthetic. And I like... Um, oh my god, I can't. I don't remember anyone's name, dude. This happens every time we record. The hot guy. Ryan Gosling. I thought we were talking about Harrison Ford, the real Harrison guy. Ford too. I like him and and Ryan Gosling. Yeah, not a fan of Jared Leto, but you know whatever. <sighs> yeah, Blade Runner's never gonna never gonna wow me. I and I have it's not like I watched it one time ten years ago and thought meh. I have watched it four times since, and I don't like it. I just I I keep trying, but it's mm. not clicking. So at this point, it's just like well, I'm gonna stop trying. I've got other stuff to watch. All right, fine, I guess. <laughs> oh, I do, I do really like American Gangster. That is one of Ridley Scott's most underrated great films. I haven't seen that either, but I want to. I really I really like Ridley Scott. Um do you think his his name like Ridley Scott? That sounds like a guy that makes sci-fi movies. It was for a while and then he just started doing like hardcore you know, social dramas and war movies and shit. And he yeah. pretty much anything. Did you see House of Gucci? I did. I I liked it. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's supposed to be a little ridiculous. These are ridiculous human beings. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I thought The Last Duel was great. That movie really came and went. I thought it was a great uh, social allegory. I thought it was uh, well acted, very well written, vile. Like That was, I really, I thought it was good. Uh, he's been nominated for four Oscars, Best Director for Thelma and Louise, Gladiator, and Black Hawk Down, and a Best Picture Producing Nod for The Martian. Uh, never won. He probably should have taken it for Gladiator, but uh, he didn't. Sorry, yeah. bro, for traffic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so he's on board here. But Alien was written by Dan O'Bannon. It was a great cowboy name. Uh, he borrowed heavily from his and director John Carpenter's debut 1974 film, Dark Star, which features an alien antagonist that is literally a spray-painted giant beach ball. I hate Dark Star so much. That movie is horseshit, and I'm tired of people saying it's a masterpiece. I'm sorry, it's a beach ball? The bad guy is a giant beach ball that they painted to look like some alien, but you can clearly fucking see it's a beach ball. I'm, I'm looking it up right now. But Dan O'Bannon wrote that and thought, if I could actually make, have a budget to do a real monster, this could be something kind of cool. Bro, what the fuck is this? Yeah, exactly. That's This, this is, is a from, beach ball. Dark Star is Carpenter's first movie. The guy who gave us Halloween and The Thing and The Fog and Escape from New York. Like, If you would have told me that, I would have said no fucking way. Sir, this is a, a diseased tomato. What the fuck is this? It's a comedy, too, but it's not funny. Dark Star is terrible, and it's more... You can... Dude. It looks like a fucking beach ball. <laughs> they they act so terrified of it in the movie. They're like, oh, my God. And then it, like, leaps at them, and I, I don't I don't remember. Oh, it's like no, an it hour leaps. 15. It feels so long. 
it leaps. Yeah, but like, you know, someone's throwing it off camera because <laughs> it's a fucking beach ball. <laughs> Does it sound like a beach ball when it hits the wall? Like, doing, doing. Probably. Probably. That's wonderful. <laughs> so this experience left O'Bannon kind of unsatisfied. He wanted to do an alien movie with a little bit of, you know, pow, with something. Mm-hmm. So he started working on a story that he called Star Beast. <laughs> he later changed that to Alien. He was like, Star oh, Beast? Man. Really? <laughs> uh, so he and his story partner, Ronald Shusett, began to pitch the Alien script to various studios as Jaws in Space. That's how they were pitching it. That's pretty That's pretty good. I still I still haven't fucking seen Jaws. Jaws. I'm so sorry. Oh, my God. What are you, what I know. Are you doing? I, what am I doing? I'm playing Dying Light again for the third time. That's what I'm doing. Well, I'm in the middle of God of War Ragnarok, uh, like New Game Plus, so I get it. Bro, when I when I got my PS5, it came with God of War Ragnarok, and I was like, man, I'm going to play the shit out of this game. And then uh, what, what did I start playing when I got home? Oh, fucking, yeah, Hogwarts. I started playing Hogwarts when I got I With God of War Ragnarok, I broke my rule. And my rule is I don't play. I, I refuse to pay full price for a video game. I, I'll wait years if I have to, but twenty bucks is my cap. But I really, really, really wanted to play this. Oh, I know that you're playing the Last of Us games right now. Last of Us two, ten bucks. Just so you know. Well, good to know. I I will look into that right now. It's ten bucks. Anyone listening? Ten bucks until actually the day this comes out. So never mind. <laughs> Well, I still might be able to make something out of that, but y'all, sorry. Uh, so O'Bannon and Shusset began pitching this around. They they almost signed a deal with Roger Corman, a uh, notorious B movie filmmaker who produced a lot of a lot of cool stuff in the seventies, but also a lot of schlock. Just like the guy was, you know, able to make any like make a movie out of like ten bucks and a tin can. He was really good at that. Yeah, but they didn't always end up being masterpieces. Um, he's still around, too. He still produces. He's like in his 90s. Um, a friend promised him to get them a better deal. They ended up signing a deal with the newly formed Brandywine Productions, which had ties to 20th Century Fox. And uh, Corman, basically, it would have been Dark Star again. So O'Bannon kind of saw that. He's like, no, I don't want... Like, the beach ball is dead. We're not doing that again. <laughs> so thank God. Um Walter Hill and David Geiler of Brandywine, uh, they weren't satisfied with the script, so they revised it, causing a bit of tension with O'Bannon and Chesset. You know, when you start putting your spin on somebody else's script and don't really tell them, they're going to get a little pissy. I get that. Yeah. 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 Uh, but these revisions included adding the Android character Ash and uh, tightening the dialogue. So I do think maybe it was justified. Every alien movie and even Alien Isolation, I I always think the androids are one of the most interesting aspects of of, of just the Alien franchise. It's so cool. Well, rewatching them, especially the first one, I keep trying to see moments where Ian Holm kind of teases that he's a robot. Like I keep waiting to see like moments where he like you know jerks his head weird or like you know turns a little awkwardly, but. Artificial intelligence in this universe is so almost near perfect that you can't tell. Does he at all in the movie? I don't think I noticed. Does he ever no. do something like that? Not till he gets outed when uh, Ripley like breaks his head and he starts trying to choke her with the magazine. 
The only thing I noticed is anytime we see him drinking or eating, he's only drinking that white fluid. Throughout the like, anytime you see him eating and drinking, he's he's, he's only doing that. Ah, well, there it is. Yeah, I love that reveal. The first time I watched this, I was like, "What? There's fucking robots in this too." Yeah, yeah, so cool, so fucking cool, dude. Oh, so 20th Century Fox, who now owned this script, uh, they had no interest in financing a science fiction film, so they put it on the shelf. They were like, "We don't care. Sci-fi doesn't sell." And then. What? And then in 1977, uh, Star Wars came out. Okay, yeah, I was gonna say, dude, what the fuck? What do you mean? Prior to Star Wars, box sci-fi was not that profitable at the box office. It was like occasionally you got like a gem, but most of most of the time it was you know expensive and didn't really make its money back. Then Star Wars obliterated box office records, and now sci-fi was all anyone wanted to make. Everyone wanted a Star Wars. What year did Planet of the Apes come out? 1968. Oh, did it not do well or something? Or? It did well, but also like it's a little different because like the the adventure is all on one planet. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, okay. We're not really in space in Planet of the Apes. That makes sense. What about fucking Star Trek? There hadn't been a movie yet. Star Trek, the first movie, came out in seventy nine. Mm, okay, that makes sense. You can only do so much on TV with like plywood sets and you know a model well, ship. Doctor Doctor Who. Nothing? No, no, no. In the 60s and 70s? Okay, yeah, that's fair. Doctor, Doctor, Doctor Who was <laughs> shitty. Wasn't it like for like a, like a little bit of time, it was like a James Bond type thing, if I remember? What What do you mean? Like, uh, what do you mean? Like with the fifth Doctor or the one that wears like the celery on his jacket, he was more like a James Bond than like a like an extraterrestrial Some, Something doctor. like that. Every Doctor has like their own personality and they try to reflect what's popular in pop culture at the time. And yeah, I think three was more of a secret agent type, and then five was kind of like I don't. I haven't watched them because I don't have time for like you know they're awful years of Doctor Who. They're they're they they are not good. I tried the first Doctor. I gave him like six episodes, and I was like, this is horrible. Well, because it was a children's show, wasn't it? He was like teaching how to fucking spell and shit. Well, <laughs> well, and every like story took like six episodes to unfold. Yeah, they no, were, fuck it. it was terrible. Like he, the Doctor is a huge asshole in the first. He's like just endangering his his granddaughter who we never see again, which is kind of weird. You think, why has that never come back up that the doctor's got, you know, children, therefore a grandchild? Like, I don't know. Because you can't fuck a grandchild, so you got to have someone else with you. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Interesting direction there. Um, You got to have a female lead that you can fall in love with. That's only happened one time. With, with Rose, like every other female companion has been completely platonic. That's fair. Well, no, they all like him, though. Yeah, it, at first, but then when he's like, you know, not interested, they pretty much get the message. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I, I can't wait for David Tennant. Is, he, gotta, is, he, is it already happening? This this year, this summer, I think. I got I got to get caught up. I don't watch any of 13. I got to I got to watch that. Uh, I'm so excited. Yeah, that's going to be fun. Um, so yeah, Star Wars pretty much changed the game. Thanks to Star Wars, Fox is willing to put more of a an effort into making Alien because it was like you know horror Star Wars. I guess is how they pitched that. Now, I mean, it's not, but that's pretty much what they tried to pitch it as. So, the original design of the Alien was like this weird centipede thing, mm. and uh, everyone was kind of like, I don't know about that. 
So the now iconic design of the creature came from the twisted mind of Hans Rudy Giger, otherwise known as H.R. Giger, a Swiss painter known for his bizarre visuals of man and machine fused together in cold biomechanical codependence. And he had a nightmare of some dick creature and he woke up and he drew the xenomorph as we know and love it. Oh, dude, that's so fucking cool. He is it, is it Giger, really? It is Giger. I always thought it was Geiger, but I, I looked it up because I wanted to be sure it is Giger. He his art is some of the most iconic art out there. Um, the game that just came out, Scorn, that's like all it is. There's like a big showcase for his art. And dude, like it fits so well with the universe of Alien. It goes so well. What's so weird, you know? I mean, who could come up with something like that? I mean, you know, I thought my nightmares are weird, but to come up with something that freaky, like out of your own head, is so insane to me. I, I, yeah. I don't understand. Uh, O'Bannon wanted to hire him on as a designer after he met him on the set of Dune in 1984, the David Lynch movie. And Yeager helped design some of that stuff. A lot of his designs didn't make it into the final product because they were like, what the fuck's wrong with you, man? Wait, wait, and, wait Dune? Uh, yeah, the uh, the 84 version of Dune. I did not know that there was uh, another movie. It is terrible. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's it's like two two hours. They crammed the first book in, in, like into two hours, and it just doesn't make a lick of sense. The new one made sense. Yeah. <laughs> I can follow that shit. This I one, haven't seen... I haven't seen any uh the new one, but I, I want to. I really want to. I thought it was pretty good. Uh, the sequel comes out, uh, I think, around Christmas. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, so oh. Giger came up with the designs of the eggs, the face hugger, the chest burster, the actual alien. Pretty much all of it, everything we love about alien came from this guy. And um Did he passed away in 2014 after he uh had a bad fall. Did he design the ship? Because the ship is also gross like that, too. I don't know. I, maybe. I'm sure he had a hand in that. I mean, he's like the you know production designer. I'm sure he had a hand in that. But um, I know that all the creatures came from him. But I do love this, like, blue-collar, you know, truck driver space we've got here, you know? Yeah. Like, we just did an episode on 2001 A Space Odyssey, where space is, you know, clean and crisp and the new frontier. And this movie is like, you know, we've been to space. We're long haul trucking this fucker. Like, where's my check? And I, I love that. I like that so much. I like that. Um, Yeah, like space trucker, um, space pirate aesthetic. I like that so much more than clean futuristic. Like, um, uh, what's, what's an example of clean futuristic? Um, um, Star Trek, pretty much. Star Trek, yeah, Star Trek is like that. Um, like Star Wars, you know, you can tell that Han's been flying the Falcon for a long time. Yeah, like that's cool. Elite Dangerous is cool. I, I like dirty future or used future so much more than... Well, I like seeing a world that's lived in, you know? I don't yeah. like thinking that this is, you know, this was made yesterday for this scene now. I like thinking, like, this ship has been in operation for 50 fucking years. They got to kick it every time they turn it on. Yeah, like. Yeah. I want, I want that. I want to feel like I'm witnessing a world that's going to exist with or without me. I always love that in a film. You know what kind of world? Uh, you know you know what franchise that kind of world exists in? What? Uh, Blade Runner. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I am, I've been getting shit for this from almost everybody I know for years. That, I don't know. That, welcome to the bandwagon. <laughs> 
I think that's why I like cyberpunk aesthetic so much and why I, I kind of like the game is I just like dirty future. I don't know why. Huh. I think the be- the movie that I think best exemplifies this is probably the matrix. Yeah. Just this, you know, worn out blasted beat to shit future. That is really not even worth fighting for. No, you dude, just, you just do plug me back in. You got, it's all you got. Plug me back in by the way. <laughs> yeah. But I don't, I don't want to live in the green tinted late nineties either. No, absolutely not. No victory in the Matrix. No. Uh, I thought this was neat. So we talked about this early on. Uh, we're going to go into depth now. The chest bursting scene was filmed in one take with four cameras. Ridley knew he only had one opportunity to pull this off right, so he made sure he had total coverage. He told only John Hurt what was going to happen and just told everybody else, you're having dinner and something happens. That's all he said. Something happens. Be prepared okay. to react in character. Okay, so that's why like they weren't like breaking character. Can you imagine they get the shot and all of a sudden like Veronica Cartwright goes like Ridley, what the fuck is that? God <laughs> damn it. <laughs> but I like how what what the fuck were they doing? They were like trying to put a spoon in his mouth. Well, I think because they thought he was having a seizure, you know, bite down on something so he doesn't okay, bite, yeah, bite yeah. his tongue. And then, you know, blood spurt out and they're all kind of like Everyone kind of backs up, like what, 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 what was that? I I have to know how they rigged that. Yeah, I'm right here. Um, oh. For the sequence, John Hurt stuck his head, shoulders, and arms through a hole in the mess table, linking up with a mechanical torso that was packed with compressed air to create the forceful explosion outward. And lots of animal guts were packed into that thing. So, it, oh it was shit, a gun, yeah, a gun filled with animal guts that blasted into a crowd. Uh, the rest of the cast were not told that real blood and guts were going to be used. Uh, so they're all pretty shocked and disgusted when animal guts burst out of John Hurt and they're all like, you know, oh my God. And they're covered in blood and they're freaking out. Yafit Kato uh, had to go out and take a breather, locked himself yeah. in a room, refused to talk to anybody for several hours. Hmm. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So that so was a fake torso. Yeah. John Hurt's head and real body are sticking out of the table. Okay, I see. Okay, okay. Dang, that's yikes, man. Or, you know, CGI was the go-to solution for every movie problem. You had to get creative. Yeah. And those are the best movies. Those are the ones that still hold up because you can look at that and be like, how the hell did they do that? You know, still yeah. thinking that 40 years later. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's fantastic. And this is... Maybe it's the it's probably the greatest scene in the franchise. It's just so because at the time <laughs> it was new. No one had ever seen anything like that before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And every time it happens in every subsequent alien movie, it's kind of like, okay, what else you got? Like it's it's lost the luster. Mm-hmm. So Alien has an IMDB score of 8.5, Rotten Tomato score of 98%. Critics' consensus reads, a modern classic, Alien blends science fiction, horror, and bleak poetry into a seamless whole. Mm. How Emily Dickinson of you. Well done. Oh, uh, pretty. Yeah. I always love that when they go out. Whenever it's a horror film, it's never, it's either like, this was horseshit, or what a brilliant depiction of such a bleak existence. Oh, what was me? Yeah, How well exactly. you got it. Yeah. Stop. Yeah. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> no, no, shut up. Uh, it was a huge financial success, grossing over a hundred million on a budget of eleven million. It won an Oscar for best visual effects. 
was also nominated for Best Art Direction, which it also should have won. The production design in this movie is fucking beautiful in a mm. really ugly way. <laughs> I like uh, that. I, I like the aesthetic. Um, like I said, I played Alien Isolation first, and I fucking loved the way that the like the ship was designed, the way that um, I don't know, like it's all futuristic, but all the screens are very much like eighties. Like they they got that green tint. I don't know what you call it. Like the wire grids, whatever. I don't know. Yeah, the so, Tron look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, dude. I've never seen Tron, but I would I feel like I would love the aesthetic of Tron and the music and everything. I watched Tron for the first time a few weeks ago. Um <laughs> the plot makes zero fucking sense, but it looks so neat. I'll have to check it out then, yeah. It's all made with like you know bright paint and lasers and shit like it's it's very creatively built that's so cool was it this is probably a dumb question was it a game first no it was a movie first okay okay cool mm-hmm. uh yeah tron it's one of those films that, like as a film buff you know you should probably check it out just for just so you have it for reference mm-hmm. um this film alien spawned three sequels two prequels and two spin-offs, not to mention comic books, video games, novels, board games, t-shirts. It became a pop culture phenomenon that still makes millions of dollars. I'm wearing a alien t-shirt right now. <laughs> what were the spin-offs? AVP and AVP2. Okay, cool. Yeah, they're not canon, but they are technically alien movies. Um, this I, I said before I was gonna say something controversial. Um, this is probably it. I love the prequels so much prometheus and covenant yeah i I think covenant air prometheus this again this is very controversial i'm sorry to piss everyone off i think prometheus and covenant is are scarier than alien one but only because i feel like this movie was scary as fuck when it came out but I think I actually saw, like, I, I watched, I played Isolation, which I thought was terrifying. And then I watched this movie, and it was scary, but, like, I don't, I don't say dated, because I still appreciate the effects and everything. But then I well, saw fucking... I, I think I know what you're saying, because the alien itself is so, it's become such an iconic character that you can't yeah. really be scared by it anymore. Exactly. And then, like, the... um. Just how everyone starts... I mean, everyone dies in Alien, but I just feel like because it was more modern, I could connect with the characters more in Prometheus. I feel like... Um, I don't know. It, ter- terrifying. The reason Prometheus unfolds the way it does is because every character in Prometheus is a fucking idiot. Yes. Yes. They are. They, yeah, they are. And I like that. Scientists, my ass. No scientists. Yeah, yeah, dude. Would do a come hither, come on, little thing, to an alien snake that just appeared in a puddle somewhere. Yeah. Prometheus because everyone kept making the worst possible decision in every situation. I also think that the uh, the alien walking on all fours is more intimidating than standing on two legs because it takes the human completely out of it. And just that scene when she's trying to leave in Covenant, it's in the trailer. And when the alien jumps on the fucking like windshield or whatever you call it and screams, dude, that's so scary. Oh my god. 
I haven't seen Covenant since it came out. I don't even remember it that well. It's so I, I liked it. I, I appreciate, I love Alien, but Covenant and Prometheus, I don't know. It's because I'm stupid and have dumb oh. a linear brain, but I, I think that they're scarier and look better. I'll give you this. David is easily the most evil android we ever got in this franchise. Yes. Uh, dude, Michael Fassbender as David. I like better than Ash. As as, as much as I um, like Ian Holm, um, much respect for him. But um, I don't know. Michael Fassbender, he's intimidating. He's a creepy dude. No one's ever taken the, taken the torch away from Bishop, though. What a goddamn hero. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So... We're going to talk a bit about all the all the uh, sequels towards the end because I okay. got bits to say about pretty much all of them. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, I'm not on this. I'm not on board with Prometheus. I really, I don't care for that movie. Really? I don't. I think it's dumb. I think it's it's good to to because because it shows where they. So I think in time timeline it goes Prometheus, Covenant, and an Alien, right? Yeah, there was supposed to be a third film, but Covenant didn't do that well, so never happened. Oh, damn. That's unfortunate. So, again, just to, just so I'm correct, yeah. The original aliens created the xenomorphs as a weapon, right? Yes. Okay. Wait. No. No. Okay. So I, I I think I'm pretty sure this is what happened. So, the engineers from Prometheus mm-hmm. they had this oil that could manipulate the genetic code of whatever it touched, and oh right. It got into a person, and that created the kind of proto-alien we see at the end of Prometheus. But the actual xenomorph, as we know it, was created by David in Covenant. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Experimenting yeah, yeah, yeah. with uh, Numi Rapace's body that's with right. that alien goop and creating the perfect organism. How, how do you not think that's so cool? Like, when it shows David's, like, lab, that's so freaky, dude. Well, I liked Covenant. I, I liked Covenant. Okay. Like, Prometheus... I just thought it was it was the characters. It was everyone's so fucking stupid here. Like I, I want somebody with some brains to not take off their helmet on an alien world or not walk st- like run in a straight line as something's falling horizontally towards you. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I see, I, I see, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like the opening credits of Prometheus is so beautiful, also, and I think the theme song for Prometheus is so. Oh God, it's so good. I listen to it sometimes, just just to listen to it. Yeah, Harry Gregson Williams score is pretty good. Oh, man, uh, but just mounting a galaxy-spanning expedition on like a cave painting you found that yeah. might be these three stars. You have no way to verify that shit. I also like that because the crew is like, "Oh, well, you guys are fucking stupid for finding this. Like, why? Why would you do this?" All right, maybe I need to watch it again. Maybe I will say I like Covenant more than Prometheus, but I feel like you have to the same way you have to loop like uh, put Alien and Aliens together. I feel like you got to put Prometheus and Covenant together because they're they're directly. I mean, they're all connected, but you know, I love it. Through all of this, nobody, neither of us has brought up Alien Three or Resurrection because they're terrible. <laughs> they don't even have he a fucks an alien, dude. That's so no dumb. Dog, there's no dog in the race. There's no. They're not even worth bringing up. <laughs> no. <laughs> Once, once she had sex with an alien, I was done. That would happen. Did she? She had sex with an alien. I always thought it was. I, I always thought it was a uh, like the the scientist put a, like a human embryo in the queen, 
and that's how it was like the the what do you call it the newborn was made am i am i wrong i haven't seen alien 3 in so long all i know all all i remember is she had sex with an alien this is alien 4 alien 3 is just ripley on a prison planet being bald yeah alien 3 was terrible I, I will say, I will say, I do like the Xenomorph uh, look in Aliens 3. It's a, it's that brown one, right? Yeah. yeah. It was almost a dog in an alien costume. Like, what there's the footage fuck? of that. There's footage of that. They put, like, an alien head on a golden retriever and tried to get it to act like a oh, damn, alien. But guess what? It just looks like a dog wearing an alien head. Well, the alien looks like a dog, if I remember in Alien 3. Yeah, well, they tr- it, they tried to make it more animalistic, but they re- their original plan was, let's just cast an animal. Oh, my God. I completely. Well, you said you said she was on a prison planet. Mm-hmm. I guess Alien Three was so bad that I completely blocked it from my memory. And then you said prison planet, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I remember Alien Three. That one's awful." Yeah, Newt, Hicks, and Bishop die in the opening credits. Yeah, yeah, it's, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah such yeah, a yeah, disservice yeah. to aliens. It's it's crazy. God, it's so bad. Oh, yeah, it looks like a dog, dude. The footage of the dog cool. running around with the alien head is so hilarious because I, I wonder how many times they tested that before they were like, okay, this isn't going to work. <laughs> yeah. Um, it looks like a dog. I still think it looks interesting. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, let's talk a little bit more about the good alien and oh. uh, give this film some awards. We have the Quentin Tarantino Award for the best line of the film and the Thomas Newman Award for the best music moment of the film. The Philip Seymour Hoffman Award for the Best Performance and the John Carpenter Award for the Best Scene. There's a lot of contenders here. It's a great movie. So let's start with the Tarantino. Best line. What do you got? So I think I said this before we started recording, but this was the hardest uh, award to give to the movie because there's a there's I don't know. I don't feel like there's a lot of quotable moments in this movie, but we'll say a pretty good line is uh, when they're talking about how they're going to escape the ship. And um, uh, he says, when we throw the switches, how long before the ship... Oh, sorry, Ripley says, when we throw the switches, how long before the ship blows? And then Parker says, 10 minutes. She says, no bullshit. And Parker says, this is the line. He says, we ain't out of here in 10 minutes. We won't need no rocket to fly through space. <laughs> I think I thought that was pretty funny, um, especially because a couple scenes before that when they launch um uh, Kane's body out <laughs> I thought it was funny how goofy his body looked like shooting out of the cargo hold I thought it was funny. but yeah that that's the favorite line I know it's not a great line but I thought it was funny I chuckled at it yeah nice good pick yeah I like a little levity in a bleak terrifying hard to swallow situation yeah also kind of signifies like oh he's given up already he's making yeah, jokes exactly this. he's like i'm not making it out of this alive yeah. <laughs> yeah um that was good i all, honestly almost chose the end when she's um singing to herself i'm your lucky star when she's like quietly putting the suit on but yeah. um but i don't i don't think that's really a line that's more of like a, a sequence i don't know yeah uh, i went with uh a line I've always loved because it's so fucking sinister. It's um, it's after they've unmasked Ash and they, you know, ripped him apart and they're trying to get his head back online to find out what the hell oh, this is yeah. all about. 
And I love the like the makeup in that sequence is so great. Just, you know, the weird like white blood and it's just so inhuman. Um, Ian Holm does such a great job in that scene. He does. Yeah. Vaguely British irritated, but also like kind of looking forward to seeing what happens next. Mm. It's a weird cut, though, when like you can tell it's a like fake head and then it cuts to his real head. Yeah. For 1979, I think it looks pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, if that was made today, everyone would be like, fuck this. <laughs> yeah. Dude, there's also a part. So, sorry to. to oh, go ahead. But there's a part at the very beginning of the movie when Ripley is talking. I, I always forget their names, but the two other people. Um, and the audio was weird. Like, they tried to do ADR, but. Like, her lips aren't synced with what she's saying, but you can also hear her talking in the background. It's weird. Like, there's a weird echo. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but... I have not noticed that, but I'll take your word for it, because it's not what, you know, they... This is... Back in the day, it was like, if you couldn't get the shot, you worked with what you had. Yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, So in this sequence, Ripley asks Ash, who's apparently now willing to spill the beans about, you know, what the hell's going on. He says, you know, priority mission is capture the creature. Yeah. You know, everyone's expendable except the creature. And Ripley's like, well, fuck that. We got to destroy this thing. And Ash is like explaining, he's like, you know, it's the perfect organism devoid of, mm-hmm. you know, devoid of emotion, malice. It just lives to hunt and kill. And you're yeah. like, and uh, <laughs> right before she like kicks him quiet, he says, I can't lie to you about your chances, but you have my sympathies. Yeah, dude. Oh, fuck. I wish I chose that. That's such that a good- some dark shit to say to ah. a people you just condemned. God damn it, dude. I didn't I didn't I didn't rewatch the movie for this episode because I had I literally watched it like a week ago. Oh, right and on. then I, I put it on before we recorded and I was like, like, like skipping through my favorite parts or whatever. Fuck. Damn it. That's why I always, even if I've seen the movie a hundred times, I always rewatch it because I never yeah. know if my mind's going to change that time. The one time I, I, I even did it for when we did Shaun of the Dead, and I, I know that movie like the back of my hand. <laughs> Fuck, dude! The one time. I <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good. That that's a that's a creepy line. Yeah, yeah, and that like weird coy smile he does is like, yeah, that's pretty I won. Creepy. Like even even if you kill me, I won. I mean, he he did. Yeah, like, like there there's a franchise of movies because of what he did. Yeah, the planet was colonized because of the data that 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 the Nostromo was able to get on this creature. Yep, and you know Burke in part two just carries out the mission even further because all this yep. all the Wayland Company wants is a is a specimen. What did, does it ever say why they want it? I'm assuming it's got something to do with like warfare, like you know use this thing to create you know to clone it or create more or. Some sinister company bullshit, you know? Yeah, you know. Um, The Thomas Newman Award, the best music moment. Jerry Goldsmith did this score, and it is very creepy. Yeah, man. Uh, In my opinion, it's when they're they're first approaching the planet, and you just see, like, the side of the planet, and you get that, like, that main theme. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, Yeah, that one. That's great. That is great. At that point, you're as lost as they are. You're like, what? A signal on some planet? What is, could it be alien? Yeah. Like, is that possible? Everyone's kind of like, no way. But maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. love that. 
Um, I went with the opening credits. Yeah. I just love how ominous it is. It's like, you ever listen to NASA audio recordings of planets? That's what it reminded me of. It's like space is a a frontier we dare not tread. We're not supposed to be there. And I love the noise of just the void. It's so unnerving and creepy and just sets up a weird ride. I love that. I hate that. Yeah. I hate quiet. There's a difference between, between quiet and that kind of quiet. Yeah, there's comfortable quiet, and then there's I can hear my own heartbeat quiet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you know what they can't hear? You in space. That was a bad joke. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I appreciate the, the attempt there. I, I get what you were trying to do. Because <laughs> in space, nobody can hear you in space. <laughs> Alan. <laughs> As a reference to a knockoff t-shirt I once saw that had the alien poster on it but instead of alien it said alan and it's i've never stopped thinking about that oh god uh great stuff um i'm very curious who gets this next one the philip seymour hoffman award the best performance of the film we got honestly i mean you know you gotta go i was gonna go with sigourney weaver because man she's just perfect in this movie but I think Ian Holm is going to take the cake. He's so creepy. He's so fucking swarmy and sinister and evil. Um, Yeah, he takes the cake. I was actually, I kind of wanted, uh, let me see. I don't want to say his name wrong. The guy that actually plays the Xenomorph. Balaji Badeo, I think that's how you say it. Interesting. Okay. Um, I was going to go with him, but... um. I don't know. Does he does he play the alien the entire time? Um, yeah, I think he does. Hmm. I don't know. It, it was between him and Ian Holm, but I, I'm gonna go with Ian Holm just because I because he actually like acts in this movie. But the way that the alien moves in this film is very alien and it's very good, very um, menacing. But. Yeah, yeah, mostly yeah. in shadows. It's you don't really yeah. see a full shot of it until the end of the movie. So you're like, what the yeah. fuck is this thing the whole time? Because I I always like giving credit to people who wear the suits in monster movies. Yeah, of course. They're really good. They're they're part of it. But I didn't want to give it to, to this guy because I don't know. Because I, I don't know if what he does is him or if it's the writing and the camera work. So I was gonna pick him, but I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go Ian home for sure. That's good. You know, that's good justification. You're right. Ian Holm is doing more, I do think. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, yeah, I nearly chose him as well. I think Sigourney's great in this, but she is way better in Aliens. Like, she Mm -hmm. she found the character in that movie. I will will agree with you on that one. Um, As I don't like, I like Alien more, but I think she's better as a character in Aliens. I love that she got an Oscar nomination for Best Actress for that. Yeah. That is delightful. Should have won. Um, I gave this to John Hurt. Yeah, I kept forgetting that was him, dude. Yeah, Kane. Just yeah. for that one sequence alone, because, I mean, he had to sell that shit. And he yeah. did, a, I believe, that something was coming out of him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was good. Yeah, holy hell. And I've always loved John Hurt. He's one of my favorite character actors. I was really bummed when he passed a few years ago. Yeah. Always gave great performances in so many different things. But 
he'll always be Kane and Alien, and then also Kane and Spaceballs. Because thank you so much for doing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh no, not again. <laughs> <laughs> Man, Spaceballs. I haven't seen that in so long. Yeah. Do you do you like it? I love Spaceballs. I don't know if I'm, I do. I I'm a huge Mel Brooks fan. I love most of his movies. I love his yeah. sense of humor. So him taking on Star Wars was just a treat. I I really enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. It's dumb as hell, but it's it's fun dumb. Um the John Carpenter Award, the best scene. So um I, I actually have written down here the scene when the alien comes out of his stomach, but that's it's obvious. Um, I'm going to ask you if it counts first. It's not a scene. It's the whole sequence of Ripley having to go. She like goes to shut off the, the, the coolers and then has to go back. And then re- what is she? She like realizes she forgets something and then goes back again. And then yeah, she goes, did you go back for the cat? Yeah, that's right. She goes yeah. back and forth, back and forth. That is the best scene in the entire movie because holy shit, even though I think Covenant is more is scarier, that is one of the most intense sequences in I've ever seen in a movie. Well, interesting. I love a good self-destruct sequence that like where the clock's yeah. ticking and you're like, oh shit, I God. still gotta do something. And the alien is like lurking around and she's like covered in sweat, the like the alarms blaring, the lights going off. Dude, oh god. I love that, you know, in 1979, she was nobody. Like everyone yeah. else in this movie is a way more established actor. So the yeah. fact that she's the last man standing, no one saw that coming. Yeah. <laughs> Does that Good count? Choice. I don't yeah, know that's course. not a scene, it's a sequence. Okay, cool. Yeah. Let me let me consult the, the constitution. I don't whatever. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Cause because it's a good like 30 minutes, 20 minutes of the movie. Or maybe it's shorter, but boy, it fucking feels that long. <laughs> All right. Since I wrote down the dinner scene, too. I mean, nothing's yeah. beating that. No. It, it's one of the most iconic scenes in, in film history. Yeah. So apart from the dinner scene, which is up here, you know, who's taking second place? I, for me, it's the scene where Ash is revealed to be an android. That's Yeah, that's a good one. When like that single drip of white blood and you're like, what is this? And then he starts, you know, overpowering everybody and trying to kill Sigourney with a magazine and they like break his head open. And he's like, like, what the fuck? Yeah, dude, that part was gross. Like his head comes off and he like does that weird thing with his body. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, ah, do you think it was milk? (laughs) That or like the scene where Kane finds the eggs, like when they're investigating the the derelict yeah. ship and we and everyone's just like well i guess i'll go in for a closer look instead of being like i'm leaving right now yeah. i find you know if i'm in space and i'm exploring and i find a crashed ship with a eight foot tall alien with something that came out of him and a bunch of eggs with shit moving around in it i'm not gonna move closer no yeah <laughs> i'm out uh good stuff yeah a lot of great scenes to pick from that was fun good awards to give uh Let's see what other people have to say on Letterboxd with our next segment, What's in the Box? What's in the fucking box? So Alien's rocking a 4.3 out of 5 on Letterboxd, which is near perfection. That's beautiful. That's a, that's a great movie. There's like no negative reviews of this thing. And I believe me, I looked. Damn. Uh, so I got four here that I hope you will find amusing. Okay. The first one's from Matt Singer, who I believe we've looked at before. 
Uh, he posts a quote. You still don't understand what you're dealing with, do you? Perfect organism. Its structural perfection is matched only by its hostility. And then Matt says, sometimes a movie provides its own review. Four and a half stars. Oh, damn, that was good. <laughs> That's pretty good. See, okay, but like that line is why I don't like aliens. Well, it's, you know, it's the perfect organism until you figure out how to fuck it up. I mean, that's everything, you know? Everyone thought Kevlar was the best till we invented armor-piercing bullets. Yeah, okay. All right. Remember the iPhone 3 and how state-of-the-art that was? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Next one's from A.A. A. Dowd. Whoa, the third Prometheus movie is awesome. <laughs> Way better than the first two. So glad they decided to finally do away with all that mythology nonsense and get down to business. Five stars. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Did oh, people know? Did people know? Like when Prometheus was like coming on theaters, did they know that it was connected to Alien? Everyone hoped. Uh, Ridley had been kind of mum about that. He was like, he wanted it to stand on its own, but also I think the studio was like, come on, give us something. We need something. And uh, okay. yeah, so it was kind of, I think a lot of people were disappointed that it wasn't more connected to Alien, which is why he made Covenant. And that was like, you know, very much like, here you go. Okay. So like, it wasn't marketed as connected. People found out in that scene in the movie. Yeah. The marketing was very much like a new sci-fi thriller from Ridley Scott. But, you know, when you hear that, people are thinking, oh, Ridley's doing Alien again. And okay, he's yeah. like, I don't want to do Alien again. And they're like, you're doing Alien again. He's like, fine. Fine, guess. He kicks a fucking can. Okay. I want James Cameron to do it again. I'm I'm sick of these blue assholes. Give me another Aliens. <laughs> Give me Terminator meets Alien. I want that. Uh, this next one's from Nathan. You know, I almost like watching Alien as much as I like not watching Alien 3. N not watching <laughs> Alien 3 is one of my favorite movie experiences. Five stars. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't a review of Alien. That was a, that was a uh, what's the opposite of, of a, I don't know. That was a that a was dig, a, yeah, a dig on Alien Three. Well, I mean, you know, when you can, when you can, why not? Yeah, <laughs> this last one's from Ram Hart. So I decided to watch DC League of Super Pets at my local theater, but I saw that this masterpiece was playing, and I didn't think twice, and I got in, and damn, this movie's a masterpiece. Five stars. I love that. He went to go see DC League of Super Pets, saw, oh, they're doing Alien. Oh, okay. Well, fuck DC Super Pets. I'm going to go see Alien. <laughs> that, that's fair. That, that's a fair. That's a good choice. Yeah, I would do did you see? Did you see DC League of Super Pets? I did not because I don't need to see Superman's dog solving mysteries or whatever the fuck that was. For, first of all, his name is Crypto. Put some respect on his name. <laughs> Mea culpa. Okay. <laughs> Oh, I just didn't, I don't, DC is like, I don't want to give them any more money unless I'm sure it's going to be a, a good movie. And Oh, I was, I was going to ask, Blue Beetle, is that, um, is that James Gunn? No, this is, that's, that's pre-gun. The first gun is going to be Superman Legacy. No, Blue Beetle looks so good. Every, they all look good. None of them ever end up being oh, good. But I want Blue Beetle to be good because Blue Beetle is like DC's Spider-Man. Yeah, kind of. 
Uh, I'm going to see it. I hope if, 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 the, if the critics are kind, I'll go see it because like, I didn't yeah. see Shazam Fury of the Gods. I gave up on that. Yeah, I don't I don't want to fucking see that. What did I do when I I went home recently um, and my dad really wanted to watch Black Adam. And I was like, don't fucking do it. And I couldn't I got I haven't even seen it. And I knew it was going to be bad. And like every 10 minutes I was like, my dad was getting mad at me. He was like, shut the fuck up. You don't got to sit here and watch it. And I was like, neither do you. <laughs> you don't have to watch it either. Why would you do this to yourself? <laughs> he was like, it's not that bad. I was like, you were about to put on Banshees of Inishirin, and then you put on fucking Black Adam. What are you doing? Uh, I saw that at the movies by myself, and my fondest memory is um, I, I had a pretty good burger. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember the film that much because it just didn't take. I'm like, this dude's so overpowered. There's no threat whatsoever no and then he's like i'm gonna be the new face of the dceu and guns no, you're, fucking you're not, not. <laughs> go away Dwayne. Oh, oh, so, so that's what's in the box for alien um let's just give a brief look at the at the sequels we've pretty much talked about these throughout but you know aliens is great alien three is David Fincher's first movie that he told everybody I had nothing to do with that. Stop telling me it's my first movie. Uh, Alien Resurrection is the one where Sigourney Weaver sinks a backwards half court shot on like the seventh take and Ron Perlman almost fucked up by going, wow. Then there was a, yeah. Then there was Alien versus Predator, which was PG thirteen, which is weird because both of the parent franchises are all hard R movies. That's so weird. Why do that? Um, then there was AVPR, which is basically uh, Alien meets Dawson's Creek. Mm. Uh, small town. This guy's like, you know, I'm in love with this girl, and I've known her my whole life, but she's dating an asshole. And then over here, you know, aliens and predators are happening, but we focus more on this horse shit for some reason. Wait, what? Oh, yeah. The movie's mostly about this guy who's like, he's a pizza guy and he's in love with his best friend, but she is like dating this asshole. I'm pretty sure his name was Trent or some shit. And what's the R? What, what's the R in AVPR? Oh, Requiem. Aliens versus Predator Requiem. Okay. Yeah. The events of AVP, you know, the Pred alien shows, like, you know, wakes up, fucks up that ship. They crash on Earth in some mountain town. Some Winston Wolf fixer predator gets a camera, like gets footage of that. And it's like, oh shit, damage control goes to Earth, starts erasing the, the you know, the evidence. The aliens. Oh, we do get a xenomorph pops out of a kid. That's a first. Ooh. Yeah, we do get that. And it eats a pregnant woman. That's, uh, that's, that's hot. I like that. That was, that was pretty vicious, actually. That one, that, that made me kind of uncomfortable. The alien, like the pred alien, has the, the ability to like, create embryos without the use of the eggs oh no so he forces them down some he goes to the maternity ward at a hospital and forces them oh! in the ladies mouths and they all like eat the baby and just blah it no. was fucked up oh that's grody and the lighting sucks so like the final fight you can't even fucking see it, it it's a disaster it's a terrible movie why are versus movies so weird like that sounds gross freddy versus jason's gross i don't the best one's Kramer versus Kramer. I actually haven't seen Kramer versus Kramer. The heartfelt divorce drama from 1979. That sounds great. It is great. It made me cry. <laughs> it's, great. it's a great movie. It's the, the best versus movie I've ever seen. 
<laughs> yeah, usually <laughs> Batman versus Superman, horse shit. Freddy versus Jason, yeah, even better. Like, yeah, it's weird. You take two things that people love, you combine them, and you make it shit every time. <laughs> so uh, you said that you don't care about Mario. Um, yeah, the new Mario movie was wonderful. They had two after credit scenes. And the last one was just a Yoshi egg cracking. And I was like, oh shit, it's the start of the NCU where you're going to have a fucking Nintendo cinematic universe because, you know, now this opens the door for Zelda, Metroid, uh, fucking, um, what's that uh, uh, game series with the, uh, oh shit, what's it called? Fuck. Kirby? It has Ness in it. Ness? Yeah. I have no, f- I, I, have, oh, I have PlayStation. Earthbound. I have no idea. Earthbound. Earthbound. Okay. But so, so they're gonna make a fucking Smash Brothers movie. <laughs> that'll be a that'll be another versus. Ah, uh, well, you know, if, as long as y'all are having fun. Um, <laughs> I went and saw Bo is Afraid, and uh, <gasps> it's out. I I got to I went to like an advanced screening with Austin. Oh, how was it? He loved it. Oh no. It's weird and it's three hours weird. So you know what? If you're in if you're up for that, go see it. It's Ugh. strange, but you know what? I won't forget it, that's for sure. Look, I like Ninja Turtles, you don't, but Caleb, you said you went to go see it with Caleb? Yeah. Caleb likes Friday the thirteenth and that movie's dog shit, so I feel like I trust you more. <laughs> it's not good. It's it's just very strange. Uh Joaquin is incredible. The first hour is great, the second hour is okay the third hour is weird and confusing is it like if Wes Anderson made a horror movie because that's what the trailers give off yeah kind of you know yeah is it even a horror movie the third hour is a the first hour is a paranoia thriller the second hour is a wacky fantasy adventure and the third hour is a hereditary style horror film oh really yeah, with one of the weirdest fucking monsters I've ever seen in my life that is permanently branded into my brain. What what is the movie about? <laughs> Bo, who's very afraid. I it's hard to explain. He's just very paranoid and he needs to get over it. That's it? There's more to it, but I don't it's not out yet. I don't I don't want to spoil too much for people. Okay, so now you got to do a you got to um, you know, rank them worst to best. Oh, for for uh, for Ari Aster. Yeah. Okay. Best Hereditary. Middle. Bo is afraid. Last. Midsummer. Okay. Fuck that movie. <laughs> is this like? Would you pay to go see another Ari Aster film? No. Okay. In fact, I have decided because of this, I've decided to swear off a twenty four entirely for theaters. I will wait really? till I can rent it or it's free on streaming. But I'm not giving movie ticket prices to that company anymore. I can't do it. Really? It's just too much, man. It's too weird. It's usually, I usually feel like I wasted money. I, you have a film podcast and you're not going to go see A24? I'll watch them. I'm just not going to go see them. It's just because A24, like fans of, A, like diehard fans of A24, they're, they usually have like film podcasts and they're very like snotty about film. I know. And they're annoying. And I, they I try so very them. hard not to make this podcast one of those podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> I hope it don't come off as that. I hope not. No, I hope, no. I, I would have booted your ass a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not a. What, what do you call that? Like, ele, the, what do they call it? Elevated horror. Yeah, 
when you, if you're a, if you're praising elevated horror, if you've you know if you've got like the wool cap and a scarf, and you're like, oh, it's avant garde, I will punch you in the face, and then I will not talk to you. That's right. I think the only film where I was like that on was Skin and Marink. But you had valid points for that. Like that movie was not trying to be anything more than it was. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. I, and, I, I am very happy that we both agreed on Crimes of the Future. Yeah, that was Cronenberg. What the fuck? Come on, Dave. You're better than this. What are you doing? You're getting killed out there, Dave. Uh, yeah. So, all right. Then we had Prometheus. Then we had Covenant. You know, whatever you may think about those, I'm, I'm more of a classic alien guy. Mm-hmm. Um, this is interesting though. Since the purchase of 20th Century Fox by Disney, uh, an alien TV series has been in development from Fargo showrunner Noah Hawley. Oh, Fargo's pretty good, though. Not going to lie. The TV show it is, is good. I watched the first three seasons. I really liked that show. Yeah. He's good. It's going to be set on Earth in the near future. It's currently in pre-production. It will probably premiere sometime this year or next year. Um, it's just called Alien. But the fact that it's going to be on Earth is going to throw this whole fucking timeline into a much bigger, you know, confusion. Uh, but I'm on board, you know? I'm, I thought because it was now a Disney property, they were just going to, you know, shelve this forever because it doesn't gel with the Disney image. It's a Disney property. But then Prey was a huge success. And now I think they're more willing to, you know, release this stuff through their, their shadow companies like 20th Century Studios. Man, Prey was great. I watched it in an emergency room waiting room because I like passed out and I watched the movie in the waiting room. <laughs> That's how long I was waiting. Damn. Yeah. I guess emergency is a subjective term. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Apparently you can watch it in Comanche. Can you really? That's a setting. You can watch it in the Comanche language, which I I might check that out. I will I will 100% rewatch it in in Comanche. Yeah. Prey would be a fun one to do on this uh on this show. I haven't seen it since uh it came out. Yeah. Sweet. Mm. Well, that was this was fun. I enjoyed revisiting Alien. Uh, yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you like the show, feel uh, feel free to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Filmgasm Productions. If you want to suggest films for us to check out, you can email us at filmgasm at gmail.com or always send us a message through the socials. Check out our letterbox accounts for daily reviews. You can search me at Connor95 and in my friends list, you can find the rest of the team. Check out our website, filmgasm.com, where I have a link to that letterbox if you want to read the reviews. You can also find articles, trailers of upcoming films, and every episode of our show. If you'd like to become a monthly donor to Filmgasm Productions, feel free to click on the link in the episode description. From there, click on support this podcast. You can choose to donate a dollar a month, $5 a month, or $10 a month. We appreciate anything. All donations go right back into the podcast. Thanks to the entire Filmgasm team for their constant friendship and contributions to the show. Austin Johnson, Caleb Leger, Josh Allred, Colton Jenkins, Isabel Gonzalez, Jeremy Johnson, Adam Johnson, and Mija Pierce-Lewis. Thanks to Cooley Cow for our awesome theme music, and thanks to you for checking out the show. Remember, in space, no one can hear you in space, so don't stick your head in any strange alien eggs. Take it easy, keep watching movies, and happy Alien Day, everybody. Thank you.